In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen, Lord, from the slums. Someone told me that a God made the world and everything from stone to wood, and when he had finished it, he said that it was good. He worked on it six long days. On the seventh, he rested, content. But I have often wondered if this is the place he meant. I often think that it is true that real things have never been seen, because I've lived here all my life and never saw grass that was green. I don't think God made my world, because it's misery, not fun. If he made a beautiful place, this couldn't be the one. Yet someone said there is a place where the sun shines bright all day, and that beautiful trees and flowers have been planted along the way. My days are dark and dreary, yet often I wish I could see with my own eyes the world that God called good. When I see God, I'll tell him that it's the sin which man has hurled upon his beautiful earth which has devastated the world. No longer am I sad, for someday, when my eyes close for good, I'll see in glory the world the way I should. So wrote Constance Juanita Baker in that poem, Listen, Lord, from the slums, when she was 15 in 1937. You might also know her as Constance Baker Motley, an attorney, a key strategist in the civil rights movement, a state senator, a federal judge, the first black woman to argue before the Supreme Court. She won nine of her 10 cases there, I might add. Her poetry, her musings, her wanderings, and the longings of her mind and heart expressed in her writing as a 15-year-old woman burst open for me something about the notion of Sabbath as liberation, something to which I think our gospel passage from Luke today speaks in the story of the bent-over woman. What was her experience like? How did it inform her worldview that while shopping in a market, her eyes hit the dirty, dusty feet of those around her? She would not have seen fresh cuts of meat and fish and vegetables up on market stands but the offal of animals, rotting food cast onto the ground, 
What did it mean that no one could look her in the eye? Jesus' first act of healing for this bent-over woman is to notice her. And his second act of healing was to set her free from her ailment. In this healing, Jesus teaches us what Sabbath looks like in its intrinsic links to liberation. In today's lesson, we find Jesus on the Sabbath teaching in the synagogue, a place where you could naturally expect to find him. Remember, in Luke's gospel, when Jesus' mission is first announced in the world, it also happens in a synagogue on a Sabbath, and he describes it in terms of human liberation and flourishing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In seeing her, in noticing her, and in relieving her of her ailment, Jesus insists that the bent-over woman be set free, be released from her bondage. Jesus is then challenged by a leader of the synagogue, incensed that this healing had taken place on the Sabbath rather than one of the six other days of the week. Jesus debates the synagogue leader about Sabbath law, and at the center of their argument is whether healing on the Sabbath is prohibited work. Using a model of legal reasoning, common in first century Judaism, Jesus argues from a lighter, less significant matter up to the weightier issue of the woman's ailment. And so he begins, does not each of you untie on the Sabbath his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to give it water? The assumed answer is, yes, of course I would take my animal and, and take it so that it could drink water, so that it could stave off death by dehydration, so that I would keep my investment in this creature. In this method of argumentation, it follows that if a less valuable animal is given the opportunity to stave off death by slaking thirst, then surely, surely this oppressed woman should also receive healing from her illness. And in so doing, Jesus draws directly from Deuteronomy 5, 12 to 15, the version of the commandment that connects Sabbath rest to Israel's liberation from slavery in Egypt. You shall not do any work, you or your son or daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your town. 
so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. As Jesus heals, he isn't abolishing the Sabbath commandment. He's aiming to follow it faithfully. And he does so in a declaration of liberation. As the bent-over woman is freed from that which binds her. Sabbath has been conflated a little bit too often, I think, with a kind of modern-day wellness movement. So when we feel inundated by email, we'll declare we need Sabbath rest from our email inboxes. It's a good thing to take a break, but I'm not sure that it's Sabbath. The Sabbath is meant to be a day on which the normal vocational and structural structures of society cease, even if just for a little while. Sabbath is just as much for kings as it is is for animals, for the Israelites as the resident aliens. Sabbath belongs to all. To use Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel's words, Sabbath is intended to be a place in time, accessible to all irrespective of their standing in society. One of the challenges that we face in our contemporary context is to be aware that Sabbath isn't accessible to all people. Constance Baker Motley could see that from her vantage point as an African-American teenager in the Great Depression who was meant to study cosmetology but really wanted to study the law. Thank God she did. She named that lack of Sabbath that she saw. She named the ways in which the landscape she saw was bound. And we need not but look to see modern societal scoliosis that bends those in our community. How on earth are those who are working at minimum wage without sick leave, without any sort of paid leave, able to stop, to rest, to care for their family, to glorify God? Structures exclude and preclude those individuals from experiencing Sabbath rest in the way in which it was described in Deuteronomy as an act of liberation. The very next verse in Luke's gospel, just after the pericope we heard, Jesus continues with the crowds, teaching, defending his healing action with the bent-over woman. And he does so by answering a question about what the kingdom of God will be like. And he describes a mustard seed. 
something tiny growing into something great, a tiny liberative act happened in today's gospel when Jesus noticed the woman. And then he healed her. And the results expanded with her praising God, her community being able to see her more fully, more wholly, so that in the end we hear from the scriptures the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. Might we be gifted with this same ability to enact Sabbath, the courage to see, to notice those who are literally or metaphorically bent over in our midst and to act? Would that we would have the tenacity of Constance Baker Motley and work to repair that which is rent, to help the world become a little bit more what we know it will be in the fullness of God's glory. The world as it should be now, but is not yet. May we be provoked to use those gifts that we have to bring about liberation in our contemporary context for each of those women whose paths we cross who spent the last 18 years with a view of feet and dirty roads and who suddenly find themselves looking into the eyes of their Savior and rejoicing. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at The Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C-O-T-C Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the word to serve in the world.